0: of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, which are not money, and whose value is highly volatile and based on thin air.
1: We are looking forward to this lot of political talk, so Kareem is salivating at the mouth. <laughs> See, he he took a break for a second there to to laugh, but there is a lot. There are more U.S. politicians mentioned in this episode than any episode we've ever had before. That is a little little spoiler. So, mentioned by who, Brent? Mentioned by who? Well, we'll find out when we get to with no spoilers. Okay, They don't want any spoilers. Okay. I'm going to tell everybody what this Flagship Friday is, just in case you don't know. Fla- <laughs> oh, good timing. Yeah, Flagship Friday was founded to give the crypto community a place to learn about their favorite projects from a perspective that doesn't require technical knowledge or any deep understanding of mathematics, we keep it basic. Today is Friday, July 19th, and it's the 82nd Friday in a row, although there is a chance we don't release this on Friday, uh, and I'll tell you about that in a second, but we haven't missed one. We're recording it on Thursday, so we're definitely recording it. So, Adam's back from the World Series of Poker. Yay, welcome, uh, Adam. Uh, woo. And remember, we uh, did you listen to last week's episode, Adam? Uh, I have not. I haven't listened to, like, <laughs> anything. Okay, yeah, d- Except Call Caller
2: Daddy. That's a really good podcast for... I don't, I'm I'm digressing, <laughs> but I'd recommend it if you are single and uh, looking to get better at uh, talking about men,
1: dating men and women. It's really fucking hilarious. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. <laughs> so <laughs> at the beginning of last week's episode, I trolled everybody, and Kareem was an unwilling participant in that joke. But basically, I said, "Well, guys, we said that if Adam
0: wasn't here, he was going to be making a bunch of money, and he would be." And
1: then I was like, "Nah, he's just lazy." So that was the uh, that that was the intro. So welcome back. I don't think we have anything about Tron on this episode, but uh, we'll we'll make sure to put some stuff in the future. To
2: clarify, technically, there is a Tron reference in this episode. Okay,
1: fantastic.
2: But (laughs) technically, I wasn't being late. Well, I mean, I was. I played probably thirty tournaments in in poker tournaments in three weeks that were like ten hours a day, and uh, I. It was a very long, arduous grind.
3: This defense was was said, Adam. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. We we made it clear that uh, the series can be an arduous process. Here's
1: the thing. This sounds like lazy, but just with more steps.
3: <laughs> All right. So instead of being lazy, Brent, why don't you keep the ball rolling and tell us?
1: Well, uh, first I'll tell you what we've released, which is nothing but flagships, which is related to laziness. World Series Poker's been around, so it's been a little bit a little bit tough, but coming up, we have an episode that I was literally convinced was one of the listeners trolling me. And it was not. <laughs> we we have an interview with the creator of a coin called Zuckbucks. And he is. I I got the email, assumed it was a troll. Replied with the calendly link to schedule the to schedule the interview. He booked it immediately for the soonest possible time, and we had an amazing conversation. So yes, if you want to find out what Zuck Bucks is, it's coming out uh, next week, Monday or Tuesday ish. Wow. Okay.
3: I don't want to give any spoilers. I want to hear it myself, but I went to Zuckbox.cash and it just says feed Mark Zuckerberg's insatiable greed." <laughs> that's all it says with the big picture of Mark Zuckerberg.
1: <laughs> so that's a preview, I guess. It, it is it, it was great. Okay. So that so that's coming. Obviously, not the uh, it will not be the most serious. But actually it's kinda it's serious and not serious at the same time. It's a great episode. Listen to it. it's one of my favorite interviews so far. That's all I know for sure that we got coming up. I'm working on getting the creator of Digibyte on. I don't know anything about Digibyte, but I am trying to get him to come oh, on as a Jared What's yeah, his last Jared. name?
2: Jared Jared Tate, I think.
1: It's interesting. He only communicates via Signal. I have a uh the the messaging app and I have a friend of a friend who who's introduced us. So hopefully he ends up coming on the show. I think that'll be pretty cool to learn about that coin. And otherwise, that's it. I think it's time for
0: the rapid
1: fire and I have talked way too much so I think Adam you need finish off rapidly oh boy you gave me the rapid fire hot potato okay well to
2: start off Zcash is having a fork that is happening today Thursday at block 570 570,000, actually. And I just looked it up, and we are currently at 569760. So, we're 40 away, which is probably going to be by the end of under 10 hours or so. Maybe we should pop some bottles for that Zcash fork. Woo! And it's going to be called (laughs) Ycash. The next, the the fork is going to be called Ycash. and it's Oh, no. yeah, why cash Z. No,
1: but okay, I so mean, what happens in 30 years when they're on their 24th fork and it becomes B cash? And more importantly, why What though? happens
2: after 27th? <laughs> what? Why though?
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: nice. well, why though. My joke why was though? funny. Um,
2: um it was it was Both were pretty good, both were pretty good. <laughs> uh so <laughs> it's being made to restore mining on commodity hardware which was largely abandoned by Zcash I'm not really sure what, exactly what commodity hardware means, but uh, I suppose I could have Googled that beforehand. I think that that's just a uh, a little interesting tidbit. If you hold some Zcash, you're going to be getting Ycash at one-to-one ratio.
3: Well, Adam, sorry to interrupt you, but as everybody knows, and I'm not just reading this, but as everybody knows, commodity hardware is computer hardware that is affordable and easy to obtain. Typically, oh. is a low-performance system that is a ibm pc compatible and is capable of running windows linux or other stuff
2: wow kareem is so learned and not just reading that off the internet yes
3: yes well so the job.
2: next one is deloitte and touche reports that 27% of the enterprises pl- that they have been talking or that they've been working with plan to invest roughly between one to 5 million in blockchain over the next 12 months. And now I do know that on a previous rapid fire, I said, I did quote Deloitte saying they were, I think it was like 95% of the companies were planning on that they work with. were planning on being involved in blockchain over the next year. This is actually hard cash with, you know, with actual a number that they're using, which is 1 million is not, you know, that that's a good start.
1: Have I told my story about how I didn't get to eat one day because of Deloitte?
2: Uh, yeah, because you went
1: to the you were at uh the Beyond Blocks. No, 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 it wasn't Beyond in. Blocks. I was just in Austin. I went to a place oh. that I like to eat called Loro. It's like Austin, Texas, Asian fusion, which is pretty cool. I couldn't get in because Deloitte had rented out the whole damn place on like a Thursday, and hmm. I then I tried to say, oh no, I was part of media, Brent from Crypto Basic, and they said no. Yeah, really
2: got it. you. <laughs> but I mean, can't hurt to try, right? And uh, we have a few more. So the Reddit co-founder, Alex Ohanian, I think he's married to Serena Williams. And he invests $3.75 million into a Hearthstone competitor called Skyweaver. And uh, they're using ERC-1155 tokens, which are which, which you can buy with DAI which is, uh, you know, the Maker Stablecoin.
1: ERC-1155 tokens, which you can, of course, get one of your own if you sign up as a Patreon member of the Crypto Basic Podcast and pledge at least $1 per episode. You will receive your very own non-fungible ERC-1155 token that has nothing to do with this Hearthstone clone game. Continue, Adam.
2: Okay, solid. And
1: so... I guess
2: the funds are being used to scale up production and uh, I guess build the gaming platform that this card game skyweaver is, is on called Arcadium. And honestly, this is, there's just I've been seeing a lot of these card games popping up. You know, I I think a Hearthstone esque game on a blockchain makes a lot of sense just because you can actually own these cards Mm -hmm. kind of forever. With, you know, these types of the ERC-1155s and the ERC-721s, which are
1: both or what do you know what the difference is between both of those? I think we covered it at some point, but I don't actually know. I I think 721 has some form of like it can either be fungible or non-fungible, but I can't remember.
2: Okay, well. So God's Unchained is one of those other blockchain card games. And that one's using ERC-721s. And uh, you can actually hold those in the engine wallet, which is a cool little feature. Um, And it's had a 50% increase in games played within the past week. So it went from 3,600 to like 5,500 in games being played. It's still in its beta. I tried. You have to use MetaMask. Uh, and I was having some issues trying to play it last night, but I'm going to give it another shot. I've been seeing Gods Unchained kind of popping up here and there. And it's just good to see, you know, uh, game blockchain games kind of popping up nowadays. And I think card games are a very good, somewhat simple use for it initially as we proceed with our technology.
3: Yeah, so I'm gonna take a a line from <laughs> a lot of panels and stuff, and be like, I will be following this closely. But all joking around aside, I think that these games are really cool concepts, and I like how in the last couple of decades there's been this movement where you can like make money playing games, kind of thing. Where you know, even different types of video games, you could uh, you know play competitively or whatever. And what I really would like to see is if these blockchain alternatives can create environments where gamers are competing, but like more of the of the share is going to the gamers themselves, right? Because right now it's just completely based on sponsorships. And it would be interesting to see if blockchains can also create kind of I don't know. I, I don't know how the structures would be maybe fueled by new players or by competition or by or by access to viewing championships or something. But it would be cool to see more opportunities for people to play games for money and the gamers actually getting the majority of the benefit.
1: Yeah, we talked about being able to sell like your skins, like like LeBron to be able to sell his jersey or something like that. So right, right. There is a cool little way to, to monetize this. And I've been looking for a way to get us some sort of live crypto basic something. Maybe like we just need to go play this game or something. Is it a good game? Well, you haven't played. I don't know. If it's a good game, maybe I we'll play it on Twitch. I was trying
3: to last night. I mean, no. Hearthstone is good. So if it's yeah, a you- cop clone... Yeah. Well,
2: I, well, I call it that, a
1: clone, but it's similar.
2: When they say it's a clone of Hearthstone, they're basically just like Magic. Like Hearthstone's a clone of Magic, you know? Yeah. It's just like a card game. And
1: yeah, those are good games.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but there are certain games that just miss the mark for the the actual gameplay. So it, it, yeah, we should definitely give it a shot. Um, but it, it, some some games just randomly suck, even though they really shouldn't. I don't
3: know. I just signed up for the beta. Boom!
2: There you go. Good boom. job. So uh, moving on, and and by the way, I feel like whenever I do the rapid fire, it should just be the not so rapid rapid fire. <laughs> but we we got the two bolt more action
3: fire. Continue,
2: Adam. <laughs> the somewhat sl- the the yeah the uh I'll just stop. So, <laughs> see, I'm learning. I'm I'm becoming uh you know better at this podcasting thing where instead of me just babbling.
3: I'm Sorry, fam. Really he's like still that. reloading. It's coming. The next. I'm one's
2: controlling coming. myself somewhat. <laughs> So the next one is Brave ads are are now live on Android, and now to the people who somehow have an Android over
1: an iPhone. Whoa, 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 whoa! You mean
3: you mean not the sheeple? <laughs> the, not the sheeple, yeah. Adam, the smart yeah, people okay. in the crypto community.
1: <laughs> Jesus, um, I don't even know if it's live on i on on Apple devices yet, but it is. All you have to do is go in, turn on a setting inside your uh, your Brave browser on Android. I've already done it. Uh, to start receiving brave ads i've got it on my browser on my desktop too and i'm making somewhere around like four dollars a month in uh in basic attention token right now just from looking at ads that i would probably normally see anyways so pretty sweet
2: yeah i i do want to just say that the i've always thought that brave from the, as soon as i found out that the co-founder i'm wait so the co-founder i don't want to get it wrong i'm just going to check real yeah you founded firefox sure. Firefox yeah, or Mozilla at the time. Oh wait, well, I, it is Mozilla then. Yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah, the fact I just think that you know, years we'll say two or three years ago when I saw Brave had the co- f- the guy who started Mozilla on board and he was a co-founder. It's just like this, they've just been doing great things in the space and and one of the few coins that are really really you know showing their worth very early on. Or yeah, I mean it's pretty cool. So moving on, uh, this one's actually very related to all three of us. The Litecoin has sponsored the Miami Dolphins. Miami yeah. Dolphins. Miami I was going to do that story, and then I saw it in the rapid Miami fire. Miami
1: Dolphins number one. Yeah.
2: I mean, Miami that's Dolphins. pretty cool.
1: Miami Dolphins. Stop it,
3: Brent. That's too much.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, you can buy cr- tickets with uh, cryptocurrency now. I, I, which is,
1: they're also you can buy it with Litecoin, or they actually have like some sort of presence in the in the arena, like there will be Litecoin ads part as part of the sponsorship. That's
2: pretty awesome. I mean, I I would go to a lot. You know, (laughs) I could use like point whatever point three or something to go to a Litecoin game. Sign me up the,
3: the like sorry coin
2: game. a dolphins game yeah
3: i would definitely see a Litecoin coin game
1: Litecoin <laughs> game. man here comes Litecoin. charlie lee of course is doing backflips over top of everybody
2: <laughs> there you go uh so yeah that was the not so rapid fi- not so rapid rapid fire now we can move on to uh the next part of our show
1: before we do adam i need to just take a little moment to interject here for everybody out there in crypto land and let you know that this episode is brought to you by wildfoods.co. Wildfoods.co is where you can get real food with real ingredients and you can get it to you really fast if you tell them Brent sent you. How
0: are you going to tell them Brent sent you? Well,
1: you're going to use code CRYPTOBASIC12 for 12% off your order and they're going to love you for it. So I work with Wild Foods. I've seen where they source this stuff from. It is it take i've even tried sourcing some new products for wild foods and we have to constantly argue with the people about where their stuff's coming from getting us certifications and all that stuff and i would say that i've started conversations with around 15 different suppliers every one of them has been cheaper than what we have and we've turned every single one of them down so it's uh it's good good company high quality stuff check it out at wildfoods.co all fantastic. right fantastic so that's it that's it for the ad Whew. All right. All right, so Brent, you're going to get it started. This
3: is a this was a story that you covered and you are going to cover. It's called <laughs> US politicking about Libra.
1: I expect oh, you then to be quiet for the entirety of this of this post Kareem, just, you know, keep your mouth shut. Here's the interesting thing.
3: Oh, I got to comment on that. <laughs> just kidding.
1: There have been some congressional hearings now about Libra, and the the first one was seven hours long, and they questioned uh, uh David Marcus from um originally from PayPal, now heading up the Libra or the Calibra wallet division of Facebook. Um, we've we've covered Libra. We're never going to do a one on one on Libra, as far as I can tell. Uh, We will do the one on one on Zuckbucks. You can check that out next week. But I wanted to go over some of the opinions that some of the politicians had here now the first one i'm going to go over is donald j trump president yes he is president he's republican his 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 stance on
0: uh, crypto
1: is is as follows
0: <clears throat> i am not a fan of bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies which are not money and whose value is highly volatile and based on thin air. Unregulated crypto assets can facilitate unlawful behavior, including drug trade and other illegal activities. Similarly, similarly, Facebook's Libra's virtual currency will have little standing or dependability. If Facebook and other companies want to become a bank... They must seek a new banking charter and become suspect sub sub suspect sub, suspects suspects to subjects to all banking regulations, just like other banks, both national and international. We have only one 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 real currency in the <laughs> USA and it is stronger than ever, thanks to me. Both dependable and reliable. It is by far the most dominant currency. Anywhere in the world and will always stay that way is the US dollar. So that is
1: uh, Donald Trump's thoughts. Actually, reading that, there's no way he wrote that. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I put some stupid emphasis in there, but there is literally no way he wrote that post. Have you seen Eastbound and Down? No. Yes. Because
2: you kind of saw it was like a mixture of Steve Janowski and, uh, and Donald Trump. I thought your know Trump
3: him? was very good, Brent. Yes, that was my first attempt.
2: I didn't even practice that. I thought, Why? Wow, you didn't even practice that? No. That's pretty impressive. I feel like you could definitely rival Alec Baldwin. Pretty a much.
1: Saturday Night yeah, okay. Live, what up?
3: So as a quick side note, I do like the fact that he said this. I'll be honest. I'm not going to give too much crap to a US president for being anti-Bitcoin because I would expect him to, but it's good that he says this so it eliminates the mystique. I hate the fact that a lot of people in the cryptocurrency community who are libertarians try to pretend that Trump is a libertarian when he's clearly not. So at least we can start those, disassociating ourselves with the idea that this guy is like super, oh, yeah, he's going to be pro-Bitcoin and this stuff, and he's going to be anti-big government and anti, you know, he pretended like he was going to be chill on our program. So at least it's like this is what you'd expect from him, whatever. He's, he's the president now, and he has to... Uh, come out in favor of the dollar, of course, and he's going to say whatever he has to say. And if Bitcoin's a threat or anything else is a threat, he's just going to shit on.
1: Okay, that was some interesting silence from Kareem there. I I felt like he may have actually said something. Uh, But yes, you're right. You're, of course, poignant political commentary. No obvious opinion on Libra from the president. We are going to have obvious opinions of Libra from a lot of these other people. And to be fair, a lot of these are going to end up being Republicans just because I didn't watch the whole damn thing. And most of the reporting is going to be done with the people who were at least pro-Bitcoin, which it looked like basically what mm-hmm. happened in chamber was that the the Republican side decided they were going to be pro-Bitcoin, but everybody decided they were going to be anti-Libra. It was literally like the only bipartisan thing that I've seen since... Uh, I don't know, I've been alive. So first we've got Tom Emmer, who is a Republican. He is anti-Libra and pro-Bitcoin. So here's a quote from him, and these are all over the course of a long thing. Of course, the links in the show notes if you want to watch the whole thing that went on for seven hours. But individuals insistent on the exclusion of middlemen and the freedom of the individual will continue to create open networks separate from central control. Unfortunately, Libra is not designed to minimize middlemen and, in fact, relies on them. Is what he said. What do we think about that? I, I feel like what we covered the middlemen isn't really part of their. I, I don't think he quite understands what's going on there.
3: Well, uh, he could be referring to the fact that Libra is still going to be relying on existing financial institutions to do all the dirty work of financial regulation. Yeah, oh, the well,
1: okay, yeah, he he could be going. That that's accurate, like
3: AML, that kind of stuff.
1: Yes. Yep. So, and and again, a lot of the I can't. I don't know why David Marcus went in front of the in front of congress so quickly because facebook doesn't have their shit figured out with this they just know they're going to do it they don't have any they don't have really any code that, i mean they i guess they do have a github live but there's not a lot of code there's not a lot of plan there's just a white they have a white paper and a promise just like every one of these damn icos just none of these icos has got in front of yeah. <laughs> congress and,
3: and as a quick side note, you remember how maxine waters had requested that they slow down development while they had these right th- hearings apparently facebook already said no yeah so they're just going f- forward
1: full steam yeah, so we're going to get to some interesting parts of that. But uh, So next up, Kevin McCarthy is another uh, Republican who is anti-Libra but pro-Bitcoin. And he just specifically says, I like Bitcoin. He likes the decentralized nature of it. And he says he wants to see decentralization because Libra concerns me that they're going to control the market. Uh, but again, some of these stances you know, don't make a ton of sense because Libra can't control the market. But they can monopolize the wallet market. So there's a little bit of a... I, you know, they're not wrong, but they're not necessarily stating it 100% correct. Interestingly enough, Ron Paul, he wasn't involved in this hearing because he's not in Congress anymore, but he did come, he did get on some show and, uh, or I guess he was a senator, right? Uh, he did get on some show and start talking about crypto. They had asked him about Libra. He specifically ignored Libra most of the time he was talking and just talked about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, saying he was okay with them. It also sounds like he. Is totally cool with Libra. It doesn't. He he sees it as kind of like a free market thing. He doesn't have any issues with it, um, as far as I could tell. Now I might be putting some words in his mouth. He might have said something in some other piece that made him seem that way. But he appears pro crypto without a strong stance on Libra. The Treasury Secretary did come out and say that the Treasury is completely okay with crypto and Bitcoin as long as those that are trading it comply with full AML laws. He was not comfortable with Libra, but wasn't exactly anti-Libra either. Then we get to, this one is interesting. Because I watched this, reached out to this guy. I don't know if like politicians will go on podcasts. I feel like they might in some fashion. But if you want to help me reach this guy, I don't really know how to reach a politician. I had to like put in my zip code and pretend I was from the area that he is the congressperson for. Congressman Denver Riggleman. He's a Republican. He knew his shit. Like when he talked, he started asking correct questions right away. He started talking about uh, the open source white papers. He's like, I went on GitHub. I started checking out your commits, and he's like, Wow. He's he's like, Why are you writing it in Rust language? First of all. He's like, and if you're choosing Rust, why are you choosing the night- the nightly build of Rust versus the regular build of Rust? What could the nightly build provide that regular Rust doesn't provide? He also started talking about the different nationalities of the people that were building Libra Core. Asked about the scalability issues of the transactions per second. David Marcus literally was just like, I, I don't know. He he had great an- he had great answers for most people because most of the people were doing the same shit that they did to Zuckerberg. Where Kareem made the uh, the joke of they were holding up the AOL CD and going like, it, what is this? Is this? <laughs> Dave, he was not ready for this. Dave Marcus was really able to tell people like, no, you're, that's not the way things are. Let me explain it to you the correct way. Here, he's like, I'm going to have to get back to you. I don't know. I didn't know who this guy was before this. In my head, I have distaste for anybody with the R next to their name because nobody has said anything bad about Trump. And I feel like that doesn't that should transcend politics at this point. <laughs> But like seeing as I agree with all these people, I really wish that I could find respect for them in other areas. But I do respect uh, this stance. I do respect his knowledge on the stance. And he didn't actually didn't actually declare stance pro or con Bitcoin Libra. But it appeared that based on what he was saying, he was pro crypto, new crypto, new um, new programming and had concerns about Libra. So but no clear direction there. But, yeah, honestly, if you know a way to reach that guy, I would love to have him on the show. I'm actually pretty impressed by
3: a Republican being so in, <laughs> you know, well versed. Re- well, a Republican politician because of what bad filters we have to people who get to elected office. It looks like this guy, uh, Brent, was a former uh, Air Force officer and NSA contractor. So he's got some, uh, you know, more on hands practice than probably a lot of.
1: Yeah, he was kids mentioning kids. the code base that they worked on at the Department of Defense. He's yeah, like, sense. you know, we yeah. when when we looked at Russ, he he talked about Russ specifically, and he's like, I don't know why we you would run. Anyway, so he is coming from a clear place of experience and a clear place of understanding, which um, even though some, some of the people did understand crypto, at least what it was, most didn't. And most were just asking kind of general questions of like, you know, isn't this going to corner the market? We don't really want Facebook, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, yeah, he gave some good questions, so it was cool. Uh, the House Democrats have actually, re- uh, actually, uh, let me do that in the correct order. I'm gonna, put, well, whatever. It's, I'll just do it in the order I wrote it. Uh, House Democrats have released a bill called "Keep Big Tech Out of Finance Act." The Keep Big Tech Out of Finance Act. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's anti-libra, has nothing to do with crypto slash BTC. But I, that's the that's a funny name. I'm sure there's gonna be some great. Riders attached on that. Like, it's also going to, you know, make it illegal to, you know, park on the street or something. And it's going to have nothing to do with keep big tech out of finance act because that's the way U.S. politics works. You can call something that and put something completely unrelated next to it. I couldn't think of a better name that just
2: sounds when you. There's not even a good acronym there. Uh, Yep, we got the KBTOFK. Yeah. (laughs) Like, big. When you just say the word big in a actual national bill it seems <laughs> ridiculous
3: well but big tech is uh like big tech big pharma I know, that refers to a thing it's a proper name not a proper just, name but i don't know. You know it
2: just it just makes them se- it just makes the Democrats <laughs> sound like really goofy like keep big tech out of finance What? what it just uh yeah i don't know maybe yeah. i just turned republican uh, in the
1: past 10 minutes <laughs> Who knows? It, it, I don't know. It's interesting Just, because I had I had always considered letting letting Bitcoin and crypto and all that go as a liberal thing, like leave it alone, kind of right. Or I guess it'd be more of a libertarian stance. But uh, I guess he's liberal too. Yeah, I, I it, it's weird to me that these are the way that everything's being split. That the Republicans tend to be pro crypto, that the Democrats tend to be anti crypto, but that every it is
2: well, it kind of makes sense because our aren't republicans mostly free market yeah like like they're i don't know what a republican is
1: anymore man i really don't
3: (laughs) yeah free market no no free market i think it does yeah it i think that that explains uh the majority of it you know uh that they believe there shouldn't be any interference and you can't on the one hand argue not to regulate bank of america and Merrill lynch and to let them do whatever they want and then on the other hand argue against bitcoin
1: yeah i guess that makes sense yeah all right so continuing on we've got patrick McHenry. He he had an interesting stance. He was skeptical of Libra. He was pro crypto. He's a Republican, but uh, he he didn't take a clear anti Libra stance. He was just skeptical. But he did say that it could be a plot to increase their Twitter presence. Like he's basically like they don't actually plan to make this. They just want everybody tweeting about them so that they get more people on Facebook. Oh my god, <laughs> which which was great. Um, then then we have Warren Davidson, who's another Republican. Who <laughs> he's he goes to ask a question of not David Marcus, but I guess there was a separate hearing or a separate Q and A section where he was talking to uh, uh, Meltem Demoir. Who, I think that's how you say her last name, but she's uh, she works with I think Coinbase or I think she's married to another
2: guy in a uh, Turs Demoir. I've, I'll have to I have to look it up right now, but yeah, I think that they're they're both pretty well known in the in the... I,
1: I, w- I should know what she I, at one point. I tried to get her to come on the show. Somebody, uh, uh, Lemon Flux Nathan, uh, was able to make a connection there, and we didn't actually get her. So I remember thinking that her that her tweets were kind of funny and very poignant. But anyway, the question asked of her was by uh, by Warren Davidson said, "Well, you know, we've got you can tell we got the two different coins. You got Bitcoin and shitcoin." And so he actually said shitcoin on the official national stage, and he said it as if it was like, you know, the second coin. It was like, there's Bitcoin and, not, and, and Ethereum, no, Bitcoin and there's shitcoin. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just too good to be true.
2: We're, we're, how, how does – yeah, see – I was bitching about big making uh, the the work, you know, and now we got shitcoin actually being
1: said in Congress. Shitcoin,
0: shitcoin, got too good to be going. true.
1: <laughs> and then our final stance uh, on uh, uh, here was is our first Democrat. His name is Brad Sherman. He is clearly anti-libra and anti-crypto. He calls it a zuckbuck. He doesn't realize that he's helping out our helping out our friend on the next episode. He, he's anti-crypto, and he compares it to, we're told, this is a quote, okay? <laughs> I just, I'm just i just reading this. I trolled a little bit when I was writing this down. But anyway, this is the actual quote. We're told by some that innovation is always good. The most innovative thing that happened this century is when Osama bin Laden got the innovative idea of flying two airplanes into towers. That He somehow worked that into talking about crypto and Libra. He says that Libra is more dangerous than, and I wrote Kareem in the show notes, but it's sh- in <laughs> notes, but it should say Al Qaeda.
2: That's brutal. I, I I did not see that ending that way yeah. with that quote,
3: dude. But, le, le, serious talk Brad Sherman. We covered him in the past before. He has been anti Bitcoin the whole time. His donors totally expose him. He is just one of these corrupt shells It's just going to say anything, whatever, like whatever, you know, somebody who's completely funded by big finance and we had, a, we've covered him twice on the podcast. I just don't remember exactly. There was like a, like a Twitter thing that became like big just by owning his soul and looking at all his past and comments and stuff, but I don't remember what it was now. Um, but yeah, he's awful. He's like the worst. <laughs> For crypto anyway.
1: Yeah, there you go. Well, he sounds like he's the worst for everything, which most politicians are in, in any in any end of the word. So the it's funny is people try to because of the way I've posted on Facebook and stuff, they they think I'm like massively liberal. And uh what I tell them is I don't actually know where my politics lie. Again, I feel like I might be most aligned with libertarian, but all I know is that I'm anti Donald Trump. So like I will I will vote for any Republican or Democrat over him. You could even be a Republican., yeah. but you're anti- Donald Trump.
2: But I think that that's actually a, just a pretty good stance overall, <laughs> you know. Um, sorry, I just wanted to edit what I said earlier. I actually got it uh, wrong. I was thinking of Tour de Meester. and this is Melton's Demurbers. <laughs> Demurers. I don't know how to say her last name. But uh, they are not married. they're different. Uh, they just have very similar. Last wow, days. cool. Wow.
1: Actually, Kareem, what do you think Bitcoin's price is right now? Don't look 10,500. Actually pretty close, but it was 9,500. and then in 30 minutes it went up to 10,500 earlier today. But it, it tanked pretty heavily at the beginning of this, at the beginning of this because it seemed bad for crypto. But to, to sum it all up, from what I watched, it looked like across the aisle, Everybody hates the idea of Libra, which is great, and it also looks like there is a split of crypto anti crypto for Republicans and Democrats. Republicans tend to be pro crypto, Democrats tend to be against it or at least want to regulate something that shouldn't is difficult to regulate. Um, and that's it. So we're gonna keep watching this. I mean, there's gonna be more stuff coming out. This is not the end of this. L- Facebook is not stopping. So they are trying to. I mean, really, if they weren't going to stop, they shouldn't. They shouldn't have said shit until they were ready to release it. But here we are. All right. Well, yeah, it's an
3: it's an interesting story. We'll see how it develops.
1: I don't know who this next story belongs to, but I am going to do a transition to whoever that person is, and let's talk about market cycles. Uh, Timeout. What?
3: There was nothing on there, Brent. Actually, just so you know, there was a story. There, the way we do our outline is a little drop down and it just said story two. So I put in a title and I put in a link. And then when I went to go fill it up, there was already a bunch of stuff written in there. So it was not me because I had to guess. Who oh, that yeah. These stories that was, was gonna be so I could make a title for them.
2: That was probably me. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know. Uh, I I, don't, I, don't, I just like get in there, and I'm not really an outline guy. I'm
1: a uh, I draw outside the box. Yeah, we so,
3: <laughs> I
2: like that. We I use like
1: notion.so for our outlines because we're in like remote locations, so you can update it surreptitiously, and it's kind of cool. You can see like what's going on, and uh, then and then Adam refuses to ever use the correct format. So I spend half my time going and correcting him, just like throwing stuff on there. So I, I just
2: like to get the information down, then I'll go back. But yesterday I, I mean
3: Adam's I, a big I picture was, guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, we got the information down and then uh, we got Brent, the you know, the the guy he just goes in there and tidies it all up for me. It's a great it's a great deal we got.
3: <laughs> Brent the janitor. Yeah,
2: yeah. Crypto janitor, get on, get on this <laughs> all right. So I just saw this cool little cheat sheet that and and you should definitely look at it in the show notes. I've seen this before, but I'm not 100% sure if we've cov- I don't I don't think at least we haven't covered it since I've been on the show. Um so this is just the psychology of a market cycle and there are a lot of different, you know, uh feelings that you might have and they're saying that we currently are in the disbelief phase, which is this is like a little rally that will fail before, it's after the depression. It's after all the bad bear market uh, stuff that you have to deal with. If you were to look at the graph of what we just went through, where we went from, you know, Bitcoin at 3,000 to then it got up to, did it peak at 13,000, I think, right? And now it, it dropped back to 9,000, a sharp one. That's kind of where disbelief is. And then you go disbelief to hope, optimism, belief, thrill, euphoria, and then it kind of drops back down to complacency, anxiety, denial, panic, capitulation, anger, depression, and then that rounds it back out to disbelief, which is a full
1: market cycle of you know emotions that you're going. You know, we've seen this in a lot of different sectors. I think the dot-com bubble f- follows this. The interesting thing is it's impossible to actually observe this until it's done. A lot of people will always be like, we're right here. But, like, you could be at the top of this and just be on a small dip, and then it just takes five years instead of five months. And when you zoom out, it looks exactly like this. But you don't know at what point you can zoom out and make it look like this. So, it's – uh the things are real. A lot of our listeners have probably felt all this stuff. I mean, we, we were totally in the euphoria stage when we started a podcast. We're like, yeah, we're going to make a podcast. We're going to make a bunch of money, and we're going to go. And that didn't work out, but we're still here at least. So, the – we think it exists we don't know how to observe it until afterwards so hopefully hopefully we are in disbelief and Well I mean I up. think
2: I think you can observe it it can be a little tough you know you don't necessarily know the length of time for the way that people are you know maybe feeling about all of all of these things but when euphoria was happening I definitely fucking could have like I felt it and there was so many things there were so many signs around us that it's like all I had to do for uh, if I just asked myself for a a few minutes hey you know what do you think where do you think the market cycle is right now you know you maybe could have figured it out obviously you don't know if it's going to be like you said five days or five years but it is sometimes you can you can just ask an average person and if they're talking about it or whatever it is, you know, that 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 could be a sign. Or if someone's like not talking about it and they're just depressed about you know, their
1: crypto and they don't want to talk about it, you kind of like that's kind of you kind of know where that is too. Kareem, so, were you sitting with us when the when we had a cocktail server ask us about crypto?
3: Uh this is ringing a bell, I'm not sure.
1: Few, I, it happened at the Hard Rock when we were in like the the high limit lounge. And yes. I think you were there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that I I, that was kind of at the top of the euphoria stage. And what's funny is I think you said, Man, that makes me think of the um of the the famous quote of if your shoe shiner's giving you stock tips.
3: It was John F. K.'s father. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as a quick so so John F. K.'s father had said that, you know, he knew to get out of the stock market when he was getting stock tips from his shoe shine boy. But that was like
1: not really accurate.
3: Yeah, Yeah. more than likely he was insider trading is
1: what (laughs) we think. <laughs> anyway i remember uh at the time i was even rationalizing i'm like no i don't think like a 30 year old cocktail server telling us that they're into crypto is a sign for euphoria i think that's a, like if they were 60 it might be a different story so i think when you're when your six year old uber driver is mentioning it it might be time to take a little look obviously i was wrong and we were pretty much at the complete height at that point
2: i i actually think that uh at least back then, it was taxi drivers. But I do think that Uber drivers, those people, they talk to the customers and then they learn from the customers because especially I would think Uber is even more uh, relevant now. But Uber, they people have other things going on. But I remember when I was uh, become, I became a poker player, I'd ask the cab driver or the cab driver would be like, oh, what do you do? And I'd say poker. And they're like, oh, isn't that gambling? can't you not, you can't make money from poker. And this was like 2005 and then it kind of slowly changed. And over the years, it was like 2007, 2008, the cab drivers were like, they would no longer say that same blanket statement. Like it's no longer gambling. They'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah, I have a friend who plays or something like that. So it's like, it's almost as if like certain people, like a cocktail server or something, they talk to so many different people that they, pick up on these these little things going on but they don't they're not really in it
3: so for what it's worth my opinion on this is that it's no longer very relevant to mention someone's profession when we are trying to estimate their circle of knowledge, because basically right now we're, we have two different forces at play. One is the fact that there's exponential technology and information is really easy to access. So an Uber driver or a waitress doesn't need to go through a customer because they have YouTube and they have Google and they have everything that we have that got us interested in these sectors. So anybody who's interested in making money is learning about these things. And we also have a really shitty economy where people who have degrees are working part-time work or just trying to make the bills pay. So the fact that somebody's driving Uber or waiting tables doesn't tell us anything about their knowledge.
1: Oh,
2: that's fair. I think that's that's a very good point. Maybe in the past, we listen, yeah, you know, it I think in the
1: past more for sure. We just got shamed. We're elitist assholes, <laughs> Adam. Well, all I'm saying
3: is that the the reason I'm saying this is because we probably shouldn't put too much emphasis on what one particular person tells us, and try to project that onto, oh, well, we should have known where we were in the cycle because this person knew. Actually,
2: person- uh so funny enough, I think you, I thought about what you said, and I think that it's the opposite. You should actually be putting stake into it when the people that are so involved in their own career are actually like, so for example, I've mentioned this before. January 2018, the national championship bowl game producer, Hollywood producer comes over uh, my friend's house and he says, I invested in three things, Tron, Verge and Litcoin. (laughs) When you got someone saying Litcoin, who's a Hollywood producer, sell, fucking sell, sell, sell. So I guess maybe what what I'm, I'm amending what you're saying and saying, you know what, maybe we should actually be looking at the people that are too good at their job. And they're too committed in, like you know, that world for them to really know too much about. They
3: don't have time to really do that other. The real red flag there is that he was investing in Tron. So yeah, not <laughs> litcoin, not 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 litcoin. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I think that that is a fair little discussion of the market. I do recommend uh, for anybody listening that's interested in this talk. The charts are worth looking at because even though we do always talk about how it's hard to predict where we are in the market, the charts do follow patterns that we've definitely seen. Uh, so it's worth just looking at visually because it's 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 an interesting comparison.
2: And you can access uh, in the show notes or wallstreetcheatsheet.com. And that's not street spelled out. It's S-T. This is a pretty cool little graphic, to be honest. And I'll, I kind of want to just save it and keep it somewhere. So I always just know.
3: Well, so, s- since we're talking about markets, guys, yeah, I want to talk to you about a little error, a little teeny winsy mistake <laughs> that <laughs> may have played a role in this recent downturn. So not always psychology, boys. So here's what happened. Title of this presentation article <laughs> is Tether's $5 billion error exposes crypto markets. Fragility. The real story here is that crypto is still young and Tether is still pretty much awful every time we talk about them. Yep. Well, it turns out that on Saturday, um, Tether mistakenly created an extra <laughs> 5 billion Tether. As a reminder, there are 3.9 billion Tether, <laughs> which means that they more than doubled the market for Tether to supply in an instant. All right. And then after that, we saw an immediate drop in Bitcoin of about 12%. It's possible that the markets got spooked. This is what the article claims. Now, of course, there might have been other fa- factors as to why Bitcoin fell, but it's important to remember that about 60% of Bitcoin traded is traded using Tether. So this obviously is a significant factor. And let's not forget that the New York Attorney General had already pointed out before that Tether used $850 million to cover up, they used the reserves to cover up $850 million that were missing. But anyway, let's get to the actual mistake so you guys can see how this happened. I mean, to be fair to Tether though, there was no way to prevent this mistake from happening. This is pretty high level stuff. So here's what happened. Somebody at Poloniex needed to move, Poloniex, the exchange, needed to move $50 Tether from the Omni network to the Tron network. And when they Sent the request to Tether. The Tether employee who processed the order added a zero or two zeros. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and they processed the order for five billion instead of fifty million. And apparently, Tether doesn't have any safety guards oh, or measures. Three measured. zeros. It was actually yeah,
1: two. It's two. Yeah, oh, they sorry, added.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whoever was doing the transaction was just like five. Zero, 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 zero. Does that look like enough zeros? Yeah? Okay,
1: cool. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed transaction. Yeah. That's what they did. So, so what, what What they actually did, to be fair, is they put, they, they typed out 50 million and then added the two zeros like to dot zero, zero at the end. That's what it was. And they There's forgot no the dot, dot is yeah. that, ah, they forgot the dot. What, so what, that's, that would less
3: egregious of a mistake now that we get the explanation. from, They're Brent. just
1: used to taking 50 million out of an ATM and you always have to put the two zeros at the end on an ATM. So
3: remember, the awesome thing about blockchain is how you can circumvent human error and manipul- manipulation and in theory prevent somebody from having a fat finger. That doesn't just double the supply of a market, but anyway. So of course, the <laughs> that's not a like that's a that's two fat fingers. Yeah. So the chief technical officer tweeted out that there was just an issue with the token decimal, as Burn pointed out, that it was a fat finger error. Here's the real story, guys. It turns out that you can create five billion tether through a typo. Okay. Yeah. So there Jesus you go. Jesus
1: Christ.
2: <laughs> that's pretty funny that that he didn't check the actual dollar the amount that he was sending but
3: he clearly... Well, it looked like the same, the right Adam. Address, it it looked the same, so he was probably uh, like, oh, yeah, they're good.
1: <laughs> 50 billion teller? Let me see. Is that... Oh, yeah, 50 billion dollars. We're good. <laughs> it was just a prank, bro. Just a prank. Just created $5 billion out of thin air and then uh, just deleting it. No big deal. Just
2: a
0: prank. Just yeah, a prank. A- so,
3: yeah, what happens once that's created? Can you... They burn it. They create a burn transaction. Um, but, of course, now... Think again, as we've pointed out multiple times, about the power that they have. Somebody was able to create $50 billion. An employee. Five billion. An employee, right? So <laughs> how easy is it to print money? And who's resisting that temptation? Well, according to the New York Attorney General, not Tether. Anyway, that's what <laughs> oh. happened, guys. Oh, so, well, you're really oh, all right, that's the, that's the end of my story there about Tether. I, you saw the, tr- the Tron reference right off the bat when when they were trying to transfer assets to Tron. It's like, here's a mistake happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, though. Can't, pin, can't not put this on Tron. This is 100% Tether and their complete lack of safeguards for the most obvious mistake that they should be on the lookout
2: i'm so happy that tron is in a positive n- light this why well, sorry not positive they're just not in a negative light for one episode because i'm the tron guy apparently and i have to yeah. play that
1: part you could just own it <laughs> that's all because of your hollywood producer friend who told you about tron i know i know <laughs> ever since then all right i think it's time to talk about crypto around the world <laughs> This looks like a Kareem story. Uh, mm. There's no name, but it's really long. Mm. So that's gotta be Kareem. It's
3: long. Gentlemen, I'm gonna switch up the tone of today's podcast and get a little political. <laughs> 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 All right. So here here was the story. The there was a report recently from the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies which concluded that U.S. foes are weaponizing cryptocurrencies. So, of course, had to dive in a little deeper. The conclusion is that the U.S. adversaries are trying to use cryptocurrency in order to circumvent the geopolitical supremacy of the United States, right? They were focused specifically on Venezuela, China, Iran, and Russia, all of these countries have been working aggressively on blockchain projects. We know, for example, Venezuela launched the Petro. Iran has now said to be working on a gold-backed uh, cryptocurrency that would be a national currency. Uh, Russia and China, not so much working on a national currency, but you know, working on currency networks. And even Russia, uh, for example, is said to be investing in Bitcoin itself. The report was uh, most worried about the fact that these currencies could be used to circumvent U.S. sanctions, which are going to make them harder to to enforce. And they were most worried about China because they believe that with their technological and economic power, if they were to launch a system that other countries buy into, then that would be the biggest threat to U.S. diplomacy, right? I wanted to get a little bit deeper here into who is the FDD, because this article was just making the rounds and right right off the bat guys aren't you a little sketched out by a by a foundation called the foundation for defense of democracies doesn't that sound like political speak a little bit
1: that that sounds like the democratic people's republic of china they That's like exactly. put the word democratic in there <laughs> so you totally think they're democratic yeah just that name i
3: was already like all right let me go check out who these guys are who who's writing this report it's a washington think tank great and yeah, there we go. their focus is on national security and foreign policy, right? I start going through some of their articles. Um, first of all, they themselves say that they were founded shortly after the 9-11 attacks. Uh, so you already can see that it's a The a most innovative
1: thing to come out of the last century, Korean. No, that's right, that's
3: right, that's right. And I started reading some of their headlines. And this is just to give you a glimpse of the kind of stuff that these people write. Quote, Undeterred cyber adversaries require a more aggressive American response. Next quote. As tensions escalate, U.S. must intensify pressure on Iran and the EAEA. Next quote. Australia should place unilateral sanctions on Iran. Next article. Oman's growing ties with Iran threaten neutrality. FDD report. All right. So what's the story here, really? Not only is this a neoconservative think tank, which is one of these think tanks that wants to get the United States involved in every possible war, and the response to everything is Escalate Tension, because that's how we handle everything. All of their funding comes from uh, what is in the United States considered the pro-Israel lobby. So here's a quote from Point their part. two- Somebody who uh, looked at their 2011 tax filings, quote, most of the major donors are active philanthropists to pro-Israel causes both in the U.S. and internationally. And with the disclosure of its donor's roles, it becomes increasingly apparent that the FDD's advocacy of U.S. military intervention in the Middle East is hawkish stance against Iran, and its defense for right-wing Israeli policy is consistent with its donors' interests. So... Just because a report is written by a fancy think tank that talks that calls themselves a think tank for democracy or the protection of democracy, it doesn't mean anything because unfortunately the way politics are done in this country is you just pay a lot of money to institutions and then they just do reports and media and all this stuff, but they have their inherent bias. And now blockchain is just being put in that in that light where you have to keep an eye on it, you have to control it, you have to defeat it, you have to regulate it because all of our enemies are gonna use it to "Quote unquote," challenge our supremacy. So, well,
1: don't let those House Republicans get a hold of that that knowledge. They might be changing their stance on uh, Bitcoin. There, yeah. well, it's funny that they have to try that. They're they have to control it because good luck with that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> anyway, it, it's kind of an interesting dive. It, it, another negative perspective on blockchain, but it's good to expose some of the biases behind that.
1: I'm glad you looked that up, but that name is that name would have set off red flags in my face too. Like.
3: Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who are we? Oh, we're just the freedom loving peoples united, all knowing, all good possible peoples of the world. Oh, okay. So you're some kind of terrorist (laughs) organization.
1: Yes. (laughs) KKK is rebranded, boys. (laughs) Right. Got it. (laughs) All right. So uh, that was it for crypto around the world, which of course was about the US. And now it's time to. No, it's about China and Iran. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they did mention countries. That's true. For that's a scam
0: that's a scam
2: for 15k you can actually get buy some fake trading volume uh actually this <laughs> came out today a 20 year old at Moscow State University you know MSU go it's I don't know I didn't I didn't actually know that uh Russian colleges were named something that was very American like that I don't know State University. Is, it, is that is that the actual translation anyways um <laughs> his name is Andre uh Drunin uh I I can almost guarantee that I got that wrong I love that we've sure. moved on
1: to you pronouncing these names yes. instead of me and he uh, used to make me do it
2: he he's just you know he's in school studying for exams and he created a company he co-founded it called Gotbit and it basically inflates trading volume on Obscure crypto exchanges for free fee to ultimately get listed on coin market cap. And they they program a bot to trade tokens back and forth with each other. And um, I think we've covered this. What would you guys call that? Fake. Trade.
1: That'd be big wash trading.
2: Wow. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. Brent, you know what's up. So, yeah, they're, 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 which is illegal, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, which is
1: illegal.
2: This is covering that. It basically said, uh, we, we wouldn't really consider this business that ethical, is what he says at some point. Funny enough, he said that he wouldn't really be doing this if it was on the NASDAQ because he knows it's a financial crime. Uh, (laughs) and
1: and they know
2: that, um, but, the thing is, is that him and his co-founder know that there's an incoming regulation. Uh, they mentioned something called the Financial Action Task Force that are gonna, you know, give guidance on cryptocurrencies,
1: international guidance on <laughs> cryptocurrencies, <laughs> which, is, which is abbreviated F- FATF, which is also what people call me. All <laughs> right, fair enough.
2: So, yeah, and, and that's gonna regulate crypto-related services and exchanges. So uh, that's kind of funny. And what they do is they will actually go to these very obscure, off the beaten path crypto exchanges. Uh, two of them that were mentioned were called Hotbit in Shanghai and Bitforex out of Hong Kong. And Bitforex, actually, <laughs> Bitforex. funny enough, was one of fourteen exchanges that had basically had zero genuine trading outside of wash trading. Uh, in a report by Alameda Research, and that, that was out of forty-eight exchanges that they reviewed. There were fourteen of hey, them. Hey, Brent, ever levels.
3: heard of Alameda Research?
1: Yeah, I think we have, in fact, heard yeah. of Alameda yeah. Research before. That uh we, we that was um that
3: was the guy you, the teller yeah, guy at the conference.
1: Yeah, that's um what's his name? Fuck, I can't remember his name. Please pause while Brent remembers this
2: guy's name, and we will return after these regularly scheduled commercial. Ah, damn it.
1: I almost got it. It was um Sam, his name was Sam. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. Okay, yeah, sorry. It is Sam Bankman-Fried. He was the he was the more or less pro tether piece of the uh of the panel. Okay.
2: So, now that we know that Sam worked for Alameda Research, founded or he founded it, sweet. So, yeah. And there a lot of these coins that they're actually getting uh paid to wash trade for our top three to hundred to 500 market cap coins. So that's not very, I mean, granted, I don't think we talk about too many in that range, but there's still some that I'm sure that if we scroll down right now, we'd recognize them, you know? So it could have been some of the ones that we've even talked about at some point, um, And uh, a lot of these, they're just trying to appease investors, maybe make it exit eventually. He did say that there were only two to three of the 30 or so that uh, got pick clients that actually had a working business model and were (laughs) moving towards an actual product. So most of these were definitely scams, and uh, they are planning on pivoting to more legitimate things like offering IEOs, which are... uh, what is it? Initial exchange offerings. Yeah, and I just thought it was funny that it was this twenty-year-old kid in a in college who just kind of made this thing, and he's making some money, and now he's talking kind of freely about it because they're pivoting.
1: That that's kind of insane. That he's that he's literally just like, yeah, I'm doing this legal shit. It's kind of cool. Like we're he. I, I don't know. That's that's kind of awesome that he is in a spot where he can do that, and he's doing it. Uh, some coins, just to give listeners an idea of what is in the top, you know, under 300 or whatever, uh, we're looking at, like, Substratum is one of them that I would not put it past them to be creating fake volume at all because they're scum. Uh, There's one wait, called wait, wait. Bolt, which, which
3: you, was – Is this just random accusations here with no uh... –
1: Yeah, completely baseless. That uh, If you look at our YouTube comments because, like, we don't drive a lot of traffic to YouTube – it's all the Substratum butthurt people that go and like figure out that we said bad stuff about Substratum and they go comment on everything that we've ever said and talk about how we're idiots and it's fake news. It's amazing. Uh, let's, Smart Cash is there. We Bolt. actually had a, a Bitcoin SV uh, comment. Yeah, we had a Bitcoin SV troll. Maybe we should just start reading these troll comments out. That's maybe we should, what we should do. That'll help drive some, uh, <laughs> some people to go to our YouTube. But he literally was like, Satoshi is actually Craig Wright. You're all idiots. You'll see. Uh, fake news. Salt is in the top 300. Like, so there's a lot of coins that like we've we've mentioned before. So you've heard of them. I mean, they they that could. I'm not saying that they're these guys' clients. He said that most of these are completely illegitimate. So, but you, it's not like you've never heard of anything in the top 300. So, it's possible that you. The reason you heard about it is because this guy was running a fucking scam to it.
2: Yeah, that's a scam, Adam. That that is. And now you also have uh, some
1: other things uh, to scam on about. Just another scam. Tell me, tell me if you guys uh you know, if you had heard about this coin, would you have thought it was a scam? Just like off the top of your head. Uh okay. Novachain. Novachain, name sounds cool. Uh their description. They were a lending platform that was based off of a high frequency trading bot that creates passive income.
3: Mm, scam.
1: Yeah, that's not like anything you've ever heard before? Scam. <laughs> it's literally the same exact business model as BitConnect. Bitconnect. And they finally exit scammed. Like, I, I know I saw this and I got all excited because I was like, oh, okay, we have something for the that's a scam section. I thought it was going to be really cool and that we go into it and talk about, like, the intricacies. No, it was just a fucking Biconect clone that scammed. Congratulations if you fell for this. It sucks. But, like, and and there's millions of dollars that were invested in this somehow. Like, I, I feel bad for these people, but there's like there's just nothing like how it, it i don't understand how this can can i mean i do i do understand how this can continue to be a you know something somebody falls for but yeah, they probably get is, new people you know yeah i guess yeah they get new people people are gullible people like to think the best in people and sometimes and and they and then sometimes people just want to get rich quick and they'll do anything they can to do it that's it nova chain was a scam they exited nothing super interesting. Just. A, if something says that it's a high frequency trading bot, don't invest in it, please. You know, not that we're giving financial advice, but we're just gonna wrap. I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Anybody have any rants they want to go on? Any uh, talking smack or? No, you know? I think I, we're just nice humans who just have nothing bad to say about anyone. I don't know. I I don't have anything bad to say today. Sometimes I will, but follow us on Twitter if you want to hear me talk smack to people. Unless Adam takes it over, he might. In which case, we'll probably be nicer. Um, the, the, you can also, uh, yeah, actually definitely follow us on Twitter because that's where we're going to get notification if we do end up doing some sort of a live stream of some kind. And I think we're going to try it. I mean, with 5,000 ish Twitter followers, I feel like we might be able to get, uh, some interesting conversations going or something along those lines. So we will. Look, look at that, jump into our discord. tell us what you'd want to hear us talk about live. We even did it. We used to do a live show in Discord, but we would only get like 20 people to show up and and then it went down downward from there and it was just it it was it wasn't exactly worth our time. So so hopefully we can create a, a space where every couple of weeks we do like a little live stream and, and it's worth our time. So tell us what you'd like to see and we will possibly probably maybe put it out there. And otherwise, join our Patreon, please. We love that. And you keep us afloat and help us continue to deliver this amazing content out there to the people. And otherwise, the last thing I want to say is Kareem. He's not a financial advisor. (laughs) I I just want the last thing I wanted to say was your name. And then I was hoping you continued from there.
3: Uh, it sounded like you were going to say something else, but we are not financial advisors. All investments have inherent risk. We didn't really give financial advice. We just gave political advice, which was the system is broken. So that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I agree. System broken. F- no financial advice. All investments. Inherent risk. All that. So catch on the flip side. Look forward to that Zuck Bucks episode next week. Do, do, See y'all. do, 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 do,
0: do, do, do,
1: do.